Welcome to episode two of From My Mind to Yours. I'm your host, Kiana. I'm a licensed associate professional counselor in the state of Georgia. Join me each week as we talk about my life, mental health, and how the two collide. This past week, the world was shocked to hear about the devastating death of fashion designer Kate Spade. Just three days later, we were made aware of another shocking loss, CNN correspondent and Parts Unknown host Anthony Bourdain. Their tragic deaths put a media spotlight on suicide and mental health. So in this episode, we're going to talk about suicide. I'm going to talk about my personal experience with suicide. I want to talk about some of the myths about suicide and dispelling those myths. And how do we help those who are left behind in suicide, such as children, spouses, and other extended friends and family? All right. Let's start with my personal experience with suicide. My cousin committed suicide at the age of 24. He was a very successful airman in the United States Air Force. He was intelligent, friendly, funny, happy, bubbly, just an all-around great human being. He seemed to have it all, traveling the world and being stationed in different places, uh, married, and successful. So when I received the news that he had taken his own life, I was in utter disbelief. I was away from family, unfortunately, when I received the news as, again, I lived in Arizona and my family is from Ohio, so I could not even uh, be there to comfort um, his mother, my aunt, or my other family members during such a tough time. What made it even more hurtful for me was that I honestly had not seen my cousin in several years when he passed because of where he was stationed and where I had moved to we often missed each other Uh, if he wasn't at home in Ohio visiting I was likely at my home in Phoenix 
And if I was home visiting, he was likely at his home or somewhere else traveling for the Air Force. So because I had not seen or talked to him in several years, I instantly felt a lot of guilt and shame regarding his suicide. I wondered if I had talked to him, would I have been able to predict or help in some way? All I could ask was why? Why would he decide to take his life? So let's talk about some myths about suicide. Let's start with the myth that people who threaten suicide are seeking attention. This is not true. The fact is all suicide attempts must be treated as though the person has the intent to die. Regardless of what you personally think or feel about the person, if you feel the person would never be brave enough to do it or the person is known for being dramatic or uh, seeking attention regardless of how you feel you need to take every attempt seriously do not dismiss a suicide attempt as simply being an attention-seeking device the person may have tried to gain attention before, but the fact of the matter is, if this is what's going on, now is the time that attention is needed. The attention that you give the person, the time, and the care that you show could save their life in the future. Talking about suicide or asking someone if they feel suicidal will encourage them to do it. This is another myth. Talking about suicide provides the opportunity for communication. If you have concerns that a person that you know may be thinking about taking their own life or self-harming, it will be a good thing for you to communicate with that person being honest, open, and clear about your concerns. Fears that are shared are more likely to diminish. The first step in encouraging a suicidal person to live comes from talking about those feelings that they may be dealing with or hiding. That step can be a simple question about whether or not the person is intending to harm themselves. However, talking about suicide should be carefully managed. And if you don't feel comfortable or feel that you are equipped to have the conversation, it may be a good idea 
to ask a professional or someone that you trust uh, that you feel may be better able to handle it to have the talk with you. Another myth is that once a person is intent on suicide, there's no way of stopping them. This is not true. Suicide can be prevented. People can be helped. Oftentimes, suicidal crisis can be short-lived. Suicide is a permanent solution to what is usually a temporary problem. So immediate help to a person, uh, such as spending time with them, helping them talk through their problem, helping them find solutions to what they consider to be uh, a, a major problem, and what very well may be a major problem, but them seeing that they have help and support can help to push those feelings of hopelessness to the side. Immediate help is very valuable at a time of crisis, but also appropriate counseling and therapy is required as well going forward. All right, one more myth. Only certain types of people are suicidal. We have learned from uh, the recent deaths of, again, Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain and even um, other celebrities such as Robin Williams um, committing suicide that suicide does not discriminate uh, depression and other mental health diagnoses don't discriminate so suicide is not just for certain types of people it's not just for poor people or people in in poverty it's not just for black people or latinos or um any other culture that is not in the majority but that's in the minority um it's not just for people who are single it's not just for single parents it's not just for um only children someone that's an only child it does not discriminate and that's very important to understand everyone and anyone has the potential to become suicidal um oftentimes people are only one bad phone call um one lost job one bad thing happening in their life for them to be one step away from doing something harmful. So the evidence is that predisposing conditions may lead to either attempted or completed suicide. So it's important to keep in mind that no one is above or better than um, going to a dark place. That's why it's important to always practice self-care, take care of ourselves, um, practice the things that bring us joy, um, do things that make you happy, and have a good work-life balance. All right, let's move on to our next segment. But before I do, 
let me uh, reference. You can go to suicideprevention.gov to find out more myths about suicide. All right, before we wrap up this episode, let's talk about how we can help those who are left behind in suicide. Uh, This can be children, spouses, siblings, uh, parents, friends, etc. How can we help and support those who are left behind? First, stay close. Family members and friends often feel cut off after a suicide. So if you avoid contact because you don't know what to say or do, um, you feel like you'll be at a loss for words, uh, the family may feel blamed and or isolated. Whatever your doubts, whatever your fears or concerns about not knowing the right thing to say, just reach out. Just make contact. Keep it short if needed. Let them know that they're in your thoughts and in your prayers. Send them uh, good words and good vibes and kind, kind words. Survivors of suicide will forgive awkward behavior or clumsy statements um, if they can tell that you're really compassionate and empathetic about what they're going through. Next, don't ask for an explanation. Survivors can often feel as though they're being grilled or hounded with questions. Uh, Questions like, uh, was there a note left? Uh, Did you you suspect this? Did you have any indication that he or she was going to do this? Um, Or was he or she acting weird the last time you saw them? What was the last thing you talked about? How did they look the last time you saw uh, him or her? The survivor is likely searching for answers themselves within themselves but it only makes it worse to feel like they're being grilled on the same unanswered questions they're dealing with on their own your role is to simply be supportive and listen to what they have to say about the person the person's death and their feelings be an ear be a shoulder to lean on Don't grill them and don't ask them 20 questions. What else can you do to help? Help out with the practical things. Things such as offering to run errands, uh, giving rides to various appointments that may need to be taken care of. Um, watching children, um, providing child care services um, if and when needed, um, cooking meals. Uh, a person dealing with um, the loss of a loved one probably won't feel like making uh, breakfast, lunch, or dinner for themselves, let alone children or other family that they would normally provide for. So offer to step in in that way. Uh, cook meals, um, help with groceries, walk the dog, take care of um, pets, whatever it is that they may need help with, even the smallest thing, 
going to get the mail out of the mailbox, little things may slip that person's mind um, during this tough time. So just offer to help in any way that you can. Um, the person may just want you to just sit there with them in silence. Just uh, knowing someone else is in the room, maybe praying with them, whatever it is that they may need. So how can you help? Directly ask, what can I do to help you? Here's one last tip for helping those who are survivors of suicide, those that are left behind. Remember the life of the person that committed suicide. Suicide is not the most important thing to remember about that person. Share the memories, the good times, the happy times that you recall and that you shared with that individual. Use the person's name. Uh, identify he or she as who he or she was. Think about those happy moments. Remind uh, the survivors, whether it's their spouse, their children, uh, their parents, remind them of all the happy, joyful times that you shared with that person. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of From My Mind to Yours. This was a tough topic to discuss, but it's one that is very necessary and needs to be discussed. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Now, if you or someone you know could use some help and is struggling with thoughts of self-harming or dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other issue that you would like some professional support in working through, I would love to help you work through it. Let me let you know how you can find me. You can go to the website for my practice, which is www.agapetransformation.com. Again, that's www.agapetransformation.com. And on the website, you can send a message requesting to set an appointment with me. You can also find me on psychologytoday.com. And when you go to psychologytoday.com, simply search in the Find a Therapist tab and you will select my name, which is Kiana Powell. Again, you will simply type in my name, Kiana Powell, in the Find a Therapist tab. Lastly, you can message me right here on this podcast. And if you send me a message, I will get back to you through the podcast. So once again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast. And I will see you in episode three. Until then, be well.